Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. I hear it's exam season. So glad it's not me. But uh, for those of you who are here and, and, and you're feeling it's exam season, you got exams at whatever level, I um, just bless you for being here. Uh, may, may you be clear-minded and calm and crush your exams. That, that's what I say to you. May God bless you for, for being here. Love it. Love to see that, that faith step. Whatever pressures are coming up, I'm going to get the Jesus things first. So blessings on you on that. As for all of you, let me bless you. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to uh, be able to have the courage and capacity to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. Did I mention guidance? Did I mention guidance from God today? I want to make sure you get guidance from God today. If I skip that, I bless you with that as well. In Jesus' name, may it be. Amen. One of those times. It's been a while. You know, sometimes I say it so often. I'm like, did I say that? Did I not say that? Excited for you guys today. Um, I love the Bible. I don't know if that's ever come through. When I read Psalm 119, I'm like, this is it, what's Psalm 19? It's the long one. If you've ever, if you've ever flipped through and what's the longest ever, Psalm 119. I love it. I love, when I read Psalm 119, it's all about the scriptures. It has all these different words for scriptures in the Bible, but it's, it's all about just, just how amazing the word of God is. And I read through that chapter, I'm like, oh, it just captures my heart. I just resonate with it just so passionately. Words like this from Psalm 119. Open my eyes. So that I may contemplate the wondrous things from your instruction, your scriptures. Love it. Your decrees, your scriptures, are my delight and my counselors. Yes. Yes. Oh, how I love your law. Lo- oh, how I love your scriptures. I meditate on it all day long. Or your word, your scriptures, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I read these words, and it just resonates. I'm like, yes, this is how I feel. This is, I, I love this stuff. I, I, I love the Bible. I brought um, show and tell. I brought something to, 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 uh, to share with you today, a treasure. 30 years ago, uh, 23rd of June, 1993. Yes, I was alive in the 90s, shocking as it is. 1993, June 23rd, I was at Lakeside Bible Camp as a teenager serving there at camp, and there was this Bible in the candy store. And it was the most expensive of all the Bibles in the candy store. And, and I, I saw it, and I want it, right? You know, it's one of those things. And I see it sitting there on the shelf, and, and I would go in, and I would pull it off the shelf, and I would open it. And I'd be like, this is 
this is the Bible that I, that I want. But it's so expensive. And, and, you know, summer's long and candy store, and I'm like, oh, and I would just flip through it. And I'd be like, oh, I love, this is the one. The, yes, there's cheaper Bibles here, but this is the one. But I, every day I'd put it back on the shelf, and I'd go away because it's a lot of money. That's a lot of candy, a lot of candy. And I would come back, and I would pick it, and I'd come back. And then finally, on the 23rd of June, I'm like, yes. And I took this Bible off the shelf at the camp store. I went up to the counter, and, and I bought the most expensive book I had ever bought in my life. Maybe the only book I'd ever bought in my life. Most expensive book I'd ever bought in my life. And, and it just became a treasure. It became a treasure. It was like, I, just, I just couldn't get enough of it. I remember sitting in the, the laundry room at camp. And it was just kind of staff, just kind of, I think probably kitchen, dish, kitchen, whatever you do in a laundry room, laundry. Uh, and I'm doing that, and I remember I being paired up with Kelly one day. This was before there was before we were dating. Maybe this is why. And I'm just like, I love the Bible. I just love this so great. And I guess maybe that maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Months later, we started dating, but not at that point. Um, just treasuring the Bible. This is the Bible I took with me to Bibles college and seminary. I mean, this book just became one of those like treasures that. that taking this up. So this is a significant significant book. I love the written word of God. I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. I love reading it cover to cover. I love studying it for, for Sundays. I'm super excited about Scotland Bible School where I get to start teaching it at, at a, even a deeper uh, level than the normal. I, I, I keep thinking, oh man, the next 25, 30 years of my life, just being able to add that component to, to uh, teaching the Word of God. I love it. I love it. I don't know if that came through. It's my passion to teach this to you on Sundays. And read it over and over and to, to, to invite you to read it over and over again. Maybe in Bible read-through groups or, or whatever. I love the written word of God. And I love the revealed word of God. God, what should I do right now? Should I make this decision or should I make that decision? I need your guidance right now. God, I, 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 you want me to buy what building? <laughs> Like, like, I love the guidance and the comfort and the, and the direction of God. The revealed word of God. The revealed word of God is any direction, guidance, or revelation that's actually from God. The revealed word of God. Today we're continuing in our series here in Ephesians chapter 6. And we've been talking about how there's a very real war going on. There's an enemy, a very real enemy, who wants to blow up your life. And instead, what we're instructed is to stand strong in the evil day. By putting on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand. Now, we, we've been studying this for several weeks, and I'll just kind of read the passage that we've been looking at and, um, so you can kind of see where we've come in this, and then we'll move forward with our, our section today. But in Ephesians chapter 6, we, we read this in verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist righteousness like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace 
in every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That meant this. In my upbringing, that, that meant take up the Bible. Know the Bible, learn the Bible, take up the Bible. I, I, I just do this so naturally. When I, I just substitute in my head the Word of God with the Bible. Like that, that's what I do normally, and maybe that's your upbringing, and, and, and that's how you, you view this aware. But, but let me just remind you that the Word of God is the Word of God. The Word of God is the Word of God in whatever form. The Word of God is the Word of God in whatever form written spoken or heard. If it is the Word of God, it's the Word of God. All of the Bible is the Word of God. But so also is all the revelation and direction God gives you when it's actually the Word of God. Right? Every, every bit of that is certain. The Bible is certainly, certainly, certainly the Word of God. The revelation that, that God gives to you is only the Word of God if it is the Word, actually, of God. Now, some people feel really uncomfortable with that. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We know this is certain. This is the Word of God, and everything else must be less. And I'm saying, no, if it's the Word of God, it's the Word of God. There is no conflict. There is nothing different. The Word of God is the Word of God in, in whatever form. But Brian, have you ever heard the stories? Oh, yes, I have. Have you ever heard of people thinking that they've heard a word from God and totally getting their lives messed up? Yes, I have. But friends, have you ever heard of someone misusing the scriptures? Have you ever heard of someone taking up the written word of God, pulling a verse out of context, completely misapplying it to their lives and situations, and taking something out of the word of God and it not actually functioning as the word of God in their life and their circumstances? It's easy to take shots at things that we don't feel, but just with intellectual integrity, we know that the written word of God can be misused, misapplied, conveniently edited, reinterpreted to say something very, much, very different than what God actually is saying. The word of God is the word of God only if of God. Rightly applied, rightly understood. So I've got this passion, right? I love this book. I love reading it. I love reading it. I love studying it. I love pondering it. And I need to surrender everything that I would like the Bible to say to the actual Bible and say, what does the Bible actually say? I don't care what I want it to say. I mean, I do care. But what really matters is what is the Bible saying. It's a huge passion of my life to, to learn the Bible. At the same time, it's also a huge passion of my life to learn how to accurately determine God's, what God's trying to guide me with. His guidance, his direction, his, his, his leadership, especially with the situations in front of me. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, includes the Bible in all of its entirety and the words that the Spirit gives us today. Now, if I've wound some of you up, just wait, there's more. Because the thing is, if Paul wanted to say, 
the sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible, he would have used the word that says the Bible. In fact, it's one of the most common words in the, in the New Testament. It's used over 50 times. And, and the word that he would say is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Scriptures. That's the word that means the written word of God, the Scriptures. It, he would say, which is graphe, the Scriptures. But instead, he uses a phrase that isn't used anywhere else in the New Testament. It's only used here. Rhema feu, word of God. Word of God. He, he, uses, he goes out of his way to not use the word that he uses everywhere else when he wants to say just the Bible, Scriptures, and he uses the phrase Word of God instead. So you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema theu, the, the Word of, of God, which is all the Scriptures and whatever is actually the real Word of God uh, revealed to you. Obviously, they're in alignment. There's no conflict there. Now, one more thing. So, uh, because of our propensity to substitute Word of God for Scriptures, we, we miss something here. There are two main words for word, you know, like word, uh, in, in the New Testament. Uh, both of them carry the same thought that, that, that we can miss. Word, we, word deals with the concept of word spoken out loud. Word spoken out loud is the promise. Now, there's 401 uses of that in the New Testament. I didn't check all of them. But I did do a quick scan, and at least primarily all of them have this connotation of word, meaning word spoken out loud, a declaration out loud. So what we're seeing here in Ephesians chapter 6 is that one of the things we need to do is to stand strong in the evil day so that the enemy doesn't blow up our lives. It's not just taking out the Bible and thinking about it. Although that would be quite helpful for many and, and most. And some. Not just saying, but it's to take out the sword of the Spirit and speak the word of God out loud in your circumstances. To speak the word of God out loud in your contexts. To speak the word of God out loud when, whenever the enemy is coming and the attacks of the enemy are coming against you. And to speak the word out loud against the, the barriers that need to be broken through in front of you. I'm going to give you some examples. So um, when I, I'm going to give a, a group of examples. First of all, when it comes to defense. And secondly, when it comes to attack. I got reprimanded this morning at Southside. Those guys are hard on me. I was like, hey, could I say defense? They're like, no. No, we don't say defense. We say defense. Okay. okay. Can I say offense? Like offense and defense? No. Well, what can I say? You can say attack. Okay, sounds a little aggressive, but this is from Southside. They said I can say defense and attack. I was going to tone it down, but that's what we're going to do. So some examples of, of using the sword of the Spirit, first of all, for defense. Let's start with Jesus. Let's start with Jesus. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus is going through his temptation He's hungry, and the enemy is coming after him. The enemy is attempting to get Jesus to sin and to do what he's not supposed to do and trying to deceive Jesus. Three times, the enemy tries to deceive Jesus. What does Jesus do? He picks up the Word of God. I don't know, physically, he didn't have it, maybe on a scroll there. He, he takes the Word of God up, and he speaks out loud the Scriptures from Deuteronomy. He gets attacked three times 
to be deceived, and his response is declaring the word of God out loud in return to respond to the temptation. Now, also, it's really helpful to note that the enemy drops in some scriptures at Jesus to try and get him to make a mistake. And that just reminds us, just because it's the written word of God doesn't mean it's the word of God. Like that, that is a twisting version of it. Yes, that's the right words, but wrong application. It's so important not just to know what's in the Bible, but to know the context and know the meaning and to be able to rightly apply it. Jesus knows what's going on in that passage. And so he's able to respond rightly and godly, even when Scripture's being misused. But the point there is, like, Jesus is under attack. He's trying to be deceived. He's trying to be tricked. And Jesus comes against that attack by declaring out loud the, the Scriptures. Sometimes the enemy is trying to trip me up. Of, of course. Shocker. And, and he's trying to, you know, with, with whatever lie or tw- twisted thing or whatever. And I have a word this year from, from the Bible. Um, in the autumn, you know, we're going through the, the Bible for a Bible read-through group. And when we were in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, there was one word that just kept leaping out at me. And it was like, oh, like, oh, this word, it captures what I feel like is in my heart, which I feel like the Spirit is bringing forward. And that word is wholehearted. Wholehearted. I'm, I'm just seeing it all the time in, in Kings and Chronicles. And, and so I pick up, like, okay, I feel like this is my word for this season. And so when the enemy is, is coming against me and he's trying to get me off track, I'm like, no. Wholehearted. Wholehearted. It's kind of a weird word, but it's the word that works. It's the word that I have. Uh, to, to stand. And so for me, it's like, I want to be wholehearted. No, I'm running after Jesus wholehearted. Well, Brian, why not compromise in this way? No, wholehearted. Maybe the enemy is, is attacking you with, with lies and uh, discouragements or shame or depression or, or what is the sword of the Spirit? Word of God for you to declare out loud against whatever bombardment you're facing from the enemy. Maybe it's one word, like forgiven. You're feeling the guilt, the shame, and you're like, no, not today, Satan. I'm forgiven. Maybe you expand it. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm feeling the condemnation, but I'm going to push back and I'm going to declare out loud in this situation, even though I'm the only one in the room, there is now no condemnation. I'm declaring this out loud. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No, I will not give in to this attack of discouragement and soul bombardment. Friends, your life is important. You, you are, you're important. You've been made for great purpose and great impact. And the enemy wants to just cause you to not believe that, to, to drive you down into the deepest levels of discouragement. What is your word? What is the word of God for you in that? Maybe, maybe it's, it's something like this from Isaiah 43. Maybe you found it watching the Chosen TV show. Maybe, I don't know. But now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Again, that's true for all of you, Jacob. And the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Maybe that's for your anxieties or situations. Do not fear, 
For I have redeemed you. I have saved you. I have bought you. I have called you by name, by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. We read uh, Daniel this last, last week for Bible read-through. And I, I couldn't help but wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thinking about these very words. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. Words written about 150 years before that moment. Is that in their mind when they're standing there with Nebuchadnezzar thinking about the scriptures and what the scriptures have said? That Yes, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you. Is, is this the words that they were grabbing onto? I wonder. I wonder. Very, seems likely to me. But, but that's, that's how the word of God works. We, 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 can, we can hold on to it in those faith challenge situations, uh, no matter what, what happens. What is the word of God that you need to wield in, when the enemy is attacking you? In whatever his attacks are. What is the word of God for your situations? Speak it out when you, when you have those, speak it out when you're feeling bombarded. Okay, that, that's some examples of using the word of God. When it comes to defense, how about attack? How about attack? Jesus. Jesus again. Jesus, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples, and there's a storm that's raging against them. They are going down the water. It, the boats are being swamped. All the professional sailors are like, we are doomed. This is it. When they look at their circumstances, they, there is no hope, certain death. And they go to Jesus, and they're, you know, they, don't you care if we drown, and blah, blah, blah. And, and Jesus gets up, and he declares the word of God over that situation. Silence. Be still. Jesus, the word of God, declares the word of God. Silence. Be still. And the dreadful, hopeless, certain doom-seeming situation is instantly shattered by the spoken word of God. Jesus speaks out loud and the whole situation in all its hopelessness and certain doom, is over. And they continue on. There's so many examples of this. I, I think of George Mueller all the time. I'm so inspired by his life. And, and, and he uh, he's had this orphanage in the 1800s, and he just trusted God to provide for these hundreds, up to a thousand orphans at a time under his care. And he had a word of God that he would declare in their crisis times. There, there were times, many times, when they would be about an hour from dinner without any food or money. Hundreds of orphans out of food. What would he do? He would get, gather his prayer buddies, and they would declare out loud the word of God that he felt like God gave him for his orphanage task. And he would declare out loud, God, Psalm 68, you are the father to the fatherless. You are the father to the fatherless. And he would declare that out loud in prayer. So provide, Father. 
to the fatherless. You've claimed this title of yourself, so then be who you are. You are the father to the fatherless, Psalm 68. Without fail, provision came in. Maybe it wasn't a banquet, but there was food. But there was food. Just declaring the word of God over their situation very commonly. I told you on Sunday morning sometimes, uh, well, I, maybe I'm feeling insecure or whatever, or come under attack. Well, the words that I've been declaring out loud recently is, serve the Lord with gladness. This morning, I'm declaring it out loud. Serve the Lord with gladness. The joy of the Lord, oh, that's Psalm 100. The joy of the Lord is my, my strength or will be my strength in Nehemiah chapter 8. But this morning at pre-service prayer, I got a different word for today. And I'm thinking of today, I'm thinking through, okay, how's this going to go? How's the preaching going to happen? Uh, wow, there's a lot going on this week. Oh, what's going to go on? Big, big, do, 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 do. You know, thinking about the day, and I, I'm sure I'm the only one who ever looks ahead and thinks, huh, how's this going to happen? But I, I, I heard the words today, Psalm 23, I will fear no evil. Open that up, and then I, I heard that, and then I declare it. God, to, I will fear no evil, God. For you, God, are with me. That's the word of God applying it to any apprehension that I might have about my day or my week and declaring it and saying, I declare that I will not fear. I will fear no evil. Maybe some of you, you're like, that's what I need to start declaring over my life because I'm fearing evil in every direction. That was my, my word uh, this morning. But a wonderful one, uh, Norway, last June. Just, over, just almost a year ago, God spoke to my heart, and I've said this before, it's one of the joyous testimonies of my life thus far. Jesus spoke to my heart in a time of worship to declare, panic is my past, and peace is my future. It's like, okay. And so I did it. And just in that worship time, panic is, nobody can hear me. So, super loud, way too loud. I can't still hear from that time. Panic is my past, Peace is my future. I had received a revealed word of God for my situation. I declared it out loud. Panic is my past. Peace is my future. And that sword of the spirit move shattered 30 years of panic problems in my life. Haven't tasted it since. Shattered 30 years bringing the sword of the spirit, in that case the revealed word of God, to my lifelong 30-year torment. Wow. The word of God is powerful. You, you might say, Hebrews 4.12, sharper than a two-edged sword. Jesus shows how powerful speaking out loud the word of God can be as defense. As defense, when the enemy is trying to tempt us to blow up our lives, we can say, no, not today, out loud. Or also how powerful the word of God is on, on attack when we speak out loud to shatter the challenges that the enemy has in front of our lives right now. Here's my advice. Here's my advice, friends. Number one, learn the Bible. Learn the Bible. Learn the Bible. Set your heart to learn the Bible. Read it constantly. We would love to help you. I know that it's hard to be self-driven in that area. That's why we have Bible read-through groups and have for, uh, for years and years, for 20 years. Uh, we want to help you with that. We want you to read the Bible all the days of your life. There's no shortcuts when it comes to learning the Bible. There's helps but there's no shortcuts. You just have to keep reading it. You just have to keep reading it. And that's somebody who's gone through Bible college and seminary. You still got to keep reading it. 
on Sundays. I'm trying to teach you the Bible. I'm trying to teach it, but honestly, all I can do on Sundays is give you a little appetizer. But friends, I've got good news about this year. This is one of the most rarest of years. There are 53 Sundays this year. The year starts and ends on a Sunday. I can't imagine. Is that true? 50, the most rarest of years. So it's not just 52. You get 53 Sundays. Sundays. Sun, Woohoo! Yeah. 53 little appetizers that, are, that aren't enough. That hopefully they're good, but, but you know, they're, they're just, they're just, just keep going, friend. Be, may, go around places that could help you with that. I made you a meme. B-memes. I'm beaming with this one. Want to learn the Word of God? Big queue of people. Want to do what it takes to learn the Word of God? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's free. It's just fun. I try my creative side. I'll probably stop now. <laughs> Anyways, the church is an appetizer, right? Church is an appetizer, Bible read-through, way, way more effective. Maybe you'll do a Bible study here or there online or Bible studies. Uh, we got Scotland Bible School. You can't all do Scotland Bible School. There's Scotland Bible School starting three-year course, studying every book of the Bible. Where are you at with that? Anyways, learn the Bible. Number two, learn to know when God's speaking to you. Now, I say this is number two. It's very important to me that you prioritize number one first. Learning the Bible first. Why? Well, I got a, uh, Emma Stark. Emma Stark followed me on Instagram this morning. I know. I know. It must mean I'm kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, so Emma Stark, uh, this morning I'm sitting there studying. Emma Stark, Emma Faith Stark, sure enough, she, she friend requested me on, on Instagram. I should have thought through that, like, I just, anybody can be my friend on Instagram. I'm a sucker that way. But, yeah, so she, she did that. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's nice. Okay, I, I, I'll follow her back. I follow her, I follow back, Emma Faith Stark. And, and then she sent me a really nice message this morning. Say, like, hey, Brian, I've been, I've been praying for you this morning. And I feel like, you know, God's speaking about favor. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking, of course she's praying for me, right? Yeah, that's right. That's probably, why not? Didn't triggers anything weird. And so, so, so you say, praying for me, and I'm kind of reading it through, and I'm just like, huh, you know, there's something a little bit off about this. There's something a little bit weird about this particular message. I mean, maybe it's Emma, but it doesn't quite sound like Emma. I, I know Emma. I know Emma, and what I'm reading here, I mean, it, it could be, but it really just doesn't quite sound like her. I'm like, is this one of those, like, what, what, what do we call them? Punk, f fake accounts? Those fake accounts? I'm like, I'm like, well, her picture's there. Emma Faith Stark. That, I know that that's her. Emma Faith Stark. What? That's not how you spell Stark. What? Oh, man. It's, it's totally one of those. But I was cued in to the message from her that wasn't actually from her because I know her. And so I knew it wasn't right. And that's so much the priority when it comes to learning the Word of God, when it comes to the other kinds of revelation, you can be like, oh, I don't know if that's kind of right because I know what, what the Word of God sounds like and it reads like in, in the Scriptures. That just, that just came up today. I'm so thankful for that fake account and, and helping me out this morning. Learn to know when God's uh, speaking to you. Uh, we talk about that a lot in Remain Internship. We teach about it a little bit here on Sundays. A book that, I'm comp uh, that I recommend for that is James Gold's book, uh, The Discerner. I've read it several times. It's a great starting point to grow in that area. 
But anyways, so learn the Bible, learn to know when God's speaking to you. And then thirdly, where I've really been going with this, learn the word of God for your situations and speak it out loud until there's breakthrough. What is the word of God for your situation? Whatever lies you're being attacked with. Whatever, whatever you're being bombarded with, whatever temptations that are coming against you, what is the word of God for that moment and, and get aggressive at declaring it back at those temptations? Learn the word of God uh, that's needed for your breakthroughs. Is there barriers, blocks in front of you? Like what is the word of God, what is the word that God's giving you for the breakthroughs ahead of you? For me, I will fear no evil for my God is with me. For me, panic is my past. Peace is my future. What are the words? And, and that's how we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, declaring out loud so we can stand in the evil day, not get our lives blown up, and instead to be able to thrive in whatever evil day. We can all do this. Challenge today, very straightforward. Seek to discover the word of God for your current situation and speak it out loud until there's breakthrough. What is your next step to learn the word of God better? Some of you, it's like, oh, my next step is joining a Bible read-through group. My next step is coming to the Bible read-through group that I've joined. For some of you, it's coming consistently to the Bible read-through group that I've joined. Some of you, it's like, actually read uh, and then come. And uh, as I come to the, uh, what, what, is, what is your next, next step in the journey, in, in, your, in your journey? Maybe it's, Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what is your next step? Uh, Father, I love your word. I in all, in all, all is for I treasure your scriptures. I, I genuinely treasure them. I, I love, I, I'm so thankful that you've put these things in writing, your word in writing, preserved them through the ages, through every attempt to stomp it out. I just, I praise you for all your work to bring it to my, t my day and in my, uh, in my language. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you also for your guidance and your help and your direction. What a treasure it is to, to serve the living God who speaks and guides and, and helps and acts. God, I just pray that you would pour out on all of us a passion for your word, a passion for your written word, a passion to hear your word, and, and a passion to, yeah, to just to cherish, to cherish. I bless our church with strength in this. In Jesus' name, amen.